Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mullinger Meets Canadians is brought to you by the Halifax Partnership. Hello, I'm stand-up comedian James Mullinger and the co-founder of Edit Magazine. This is Mullinger Meets Canadians, the podcast where we meet Canadians who are making waves on the world stage. In this episode, I'm meeting renowned architect Omar Gandhi, who left Ontario to study architecture at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. In 2012, at the age of just 30, he founded Omar Gandhi Architect, his own design studio and architectural practice in Halifax, a city that he says is the perfect place to start or grow a business. His unique vision and far-reaching insight and creativity have led to some of the most blisteringly stunning developments in North America, both commercial and private. He's the recipient of many awards and distinctions, including being named one of Monocle magazine's 20 most influential Canadians and one of the top 20 young architects in the world by Wallpaper magazine. Most excitingly, Omar is part of the winning team of the International Design Competition to work on the new Art Gallery of Nova Scotia and Waterfront Arts District. Today, I'm meeting Omar on his new rooftop patio in the north end of Halifax in the days leading up to the big announcement, and I can't wait. Hey, how's it hey, going? man, how are you? Great to see, you, to man. see you, Very good to see you. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you for coming over. Like, you obviously grew up in Brampton. What was it that brought you to the East? You know what? I think like a lot of people who live in the suburbs or live in a big city, mm. I was actually just looking to get out of the Toronto area. Right. Uh, and so I decided to come out here for school back in 2001. Right. Um, but didn't really know much about the East Coast at all. So it was a bit of a gamble. Um, mm. But I think that was the motivation at the time, was to really just get away from there. That's amazing to have that, <laughs> have that foresight also as, as a young man, because often people have that. And you mentioned, obviously, this is an amazing place to bring up your son. Yeah. But the fact that you wanted to, to study here, um, what was it about the, the, the course at Dow that attracted you? And also, why architecture? Well, I, for architecture, I, I studied art uh, yeah. growing up, and I went to a regional art school. So there was a real focus of the visual arts for me. Yeah. Um, and then I think it was really about picking a career that you know, could take advantage of some of those skills uh, that also would probably appease my parents. So, you know, it, it was like, you know, certainly pushed a little bit by my dad, yeah. uh, but I thought it was an awesome idea right off the bat. Um, I went to the University of Toronto first, yeah. uh, and then at that point I was just dying to get out of there. So, mm. you know, I ended up coming here because it's an old school, it's really well known, mm. uh, and kind of known for making things, yeah. you know, like you get your hands dirty uh, in this school. Um, and so it was, you know, I didn't know what to expect, mm. but, you know, it by far exceeded my expectations and, uh, yeah. 
the rest is history. Amazing. I mean, what was Halifax like then? Because of course, I mean, it's obviously grown since then. And what were your f first impressions when you got here as someone that had obviously grown up in a much bigger city and, and, and arrived here not knowing anything? I mean, it's a place with a lot of history, yeah. right? I mean, there's a richness uh, to that history. Um, and I think the deeper you look, that kind of, you know, the quality and texture of that history mm. uh, is that much more beautiful, especially yeah. about the histories that we don't learn in school. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, I think the longer I stayed and the more I invested, you know, time-wise mm. into learning about things, it became a more beautiful place, yeah. for sure. So true, and I love the fact that you mentioned that, uh, you know, essentially architecture was a way of doing a creative thing, yep. that, uh, that, or an artistic thing, that uh, because it's obviously physical things, it's also yeah. uh, an industry. And of course, then in, in 2010, you kind of added entrepreneur to your uh, list of things when you set up your own of course. firm. Um, what kind of led to that decision? And, and, and that's an incredibly uh, big thing to, to take on. Uh, I got laid off. Right. Yeah, man, I got laid off. That's always the best thing for a lot of people. That's yeah, exactly. The, it's the push that we need. It's the push, right? And, and it was like a combination of being laid off, mm. but also not wanting to work anywhere else. Right. Um, and so it certainly was the plan maybe way down the road. Right. But for, you know, that time, it was really just, I, I think, a little bit of anger. You know, yeah. I wanted to prove myself I could do nice. it. Uh, and also just about survival. There's like a pride side of it too, yeah. right? You know, like I can, you know, do this, but you know, I was doing really, really small, insignificant jobs at the time, mm. you know, like, you know, it was significant to me, but you yeah. know, decks and little like additions. And, you know, I was working for like a, a draftsman for a little while, like doing odd jobs no. for the first year or so. So, you know, I think it was really when kind of bigger opportunities uh, you know, to me at the time, although they were still like quite kind mm. of modest, uh, I just wanted to kind of nail everything that came my way. And that's always the, the key to success. I mean, anywhere, but especially in the Maritimes, I find is is wanting everything that you do to be great, regardless of what it is. And I yeah. think one of the things that possibly gets lost when people read about you now and they read about all of the awards and all of the plaudits and all of the media that you've had globally yep. is the fact that you started like that. This was not none of this was handed to you. You started there and you built this up bit by bit from doing decks through to these colossal projects now. Yeah. Yeah. It was real, and I would say that I'm like fairly conservative in terms of taking chances. And wow. so, you know, it really was about staying in my attic and mm. then eventually a really, really small space and then eventually a student helped me. Yeah. And so it was very incremental wow. um, because I think I realized early on that financial control is a huge sort of asset in creative fields. Yeah. I didn't want to owe money. Right. Uh, and so it was really just as much as I could afford to do uh, was as much as I did. Um, and just sort of, you know, took it one little step at a time. But then things obviously ramped up fairly quickly. But yeah. I think that was just because we saw opportunity in little things that others maybe didn't. Interesting. I mean, it's interesting because a lot of the time that you hear, when you hear people talk about starting out, and of course you say that, you know, in some ways you were uh, cautious or, or risk averse, yeah. and, but then other people would say that starting your own firm is, is, is a huge uh, risk and responsibility. Where do you think, or what advice would you give to someone kind of starting out as an entrepreneur, say in the Maritimes, how do you get that balance right between taking risks but not basically being stupid? <laughs> 
Uh, let's say a good answer to that one. I didn't know. Well, you did it. Yeah, you, you, that's you, you right. I, you know, I, like it's weird to <laughs> kind of look back and kind of think about advice because I was terrified the whole time. Right. And so I think like a huge sort of, you know, driving force behind everything was just complete fear. Right. Except for one thing. I didn't ever fear um, design or putting myself out there. Right. And, I, and I think that that was because I went to art school Ooh. and you kind of do that all the time. Yeah. So, you know, insecure about every aspect of my life <laughs> except design. Right, right. And, and I think it was because uh, I realized really quickly that the best work here uh, and the stuff that I think translates the best is mm. the most honest work that tells a story about a place. So true. And so it's not trying to be something else. Yeah. And that's, maybe that is the, that's the answer. It's, it's be terrified. Because, yeah. because do, do it, but be scared. Because uh, that's the thing that, it, it, as you say, drives you forward, but it means that you are also being smart and cautious at the same time. Yeah. And, um, and as you say, I mean, you want the, each project to have uh, a, a story. And this is the thing that I've always loved so much about your work is that is that it stands out. You also know when it's an Omar Gandhi project, like now, I mean, for me, as someone that's followed your work for a long time, I can, but it never, even though it stands out, it never looks out of place. How right. do you, uh, and what is your relationship like with the surrounding areas of the places that your beautiful projects end up? Because they, they always belong, but they always stand out. And it's yeah. a fine line. You know, I think uh, in terms of belonging, it's mm. it's really taking the time, whether it's here or it's in tr a neighborhood in Toronto or, yeah. or in kind of the mountains in BC. Yeah. It's about really understanding a place. Right. Being terrified of being sued. <laughs> so really understanding the elements and, you know, the yeah, things yeah. that you need to actually, you know, That's pay attention right. to. Uh, and, and then in terms of, you know, it's standing out, mm. we just have an enormous amount of fun. I would right. say like kind of childish fun right. in the office where we often think of the architecture as something anthropomorphic or yeah. a creature, you know? So it's almost, you could imagine it coming to life. I, yeah, um, I mean, I mean, this is why I'm so excited and curious to see the creative space, because I know when I mean, you work with so many amazing people, but basically, I mean, the, the, the geography of Canada and indeed the world is, it's like it's your playground. Yeah. And you can put your mark on it. And uh, as you know, I mean, there's not many, you know, I guess it's one of those things that even as someone, for people who aren't even necessarily, you know, uh, uh, you know, architecture uh, obsessed. Yeah, they will go out of their way on a holiday to go and check out one of your uh, one of your whether it's a home or whatever yeah. it is, uh, just to see it in its in its in its natural space. It's yeah, and I and I hope that you know the 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 experience of seeing it in person yeah. is better than seeing it in photos. Right. You know, because you get a sense of the scale and the craft and sure. some of the things that you don't necessarily pick up. Yeah. But. You know, for a few of our projects, for example, Rabbit Snare Gorge, mm. you know, part of the reason that project makes me really happy has nothing to do with awards or mm. any of that kind of stuff, mm. because I really take that kind of jazz with a grain of salt. Right. It just makes people really happy. Yeah. You know, like you look yeah. at it and you can't help but smile. Well, right? you've you've received selfies of my wife and I in front of Rabbit yeah. Snare Gorge, and it's not easy to find. It's it's not easy to find. It was like the first thing we did when we got to Inverness. We're like, where is Omar's Rabbit Snare Gorge? Yeah, right. And uh, and we sent you a selfie. Yeah, and you can see the smiles on our faces. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of takes you back to being a kid and does. just being excited, yeah. right? You know, it's about 
you know, these memories sort of come back to you. And I wouldn't say that it's like a conscious effort to do that. Yeah. I think it's us just being a little bit childlike. <laughs> That's nice. So can I ask how you approach the creative process of, of any project? You know, I think first it's about meeting the client, right. you know, and kind of trying to get to know them a little bit. And, you know, I would say also deciding whether or not it's a project where, you know, we see an opportunity, right? right? Whether it's with the land or with the ambition of the client, mm -hmm. you know, it really has to sort of align. Yeah. Um, we say no to a lot of work. Yeah. Um, so I think those things need to sort of, you know, come to life. But, you know, once we do agree to take it on, it's about spending some time on the property and really understanding, you know, what's important, the views and the climate and, yeah. you know, the surrounding area and the materials that they use. But then I'd say that the other part is finding a peculiar sort of edge to it, right? right? That's you know, what you do. Yeah, that's what it, I yeah. do. So whether it's in a rural area or in the city, mm. I always sort of think of our projects as being related to what's around it. It's just sort of like the weird sibling, <laughs> right? Like it's related, but it's definitely kind of different and odd in right. some exaggerated way. Yeah. Um, and I think that's it, right? Like if it's an opportunity to do something like that, tell a story. That's that's amazing. I mean, like this. This is this is yeah. this, this is the this is the different special sibling on this street. Exactly. Right? You know, it's taking you know traditional materials, but then doing it in the most sort of Darth Vadery kind of <laughs> way, where people don't understand what they're going to see inside. It's going to surprise them. You know, right. it's that sort of surprise and awe and, you know, laughter. Yeah, yeah. which is everything. I mean, what about uh, one of my favorites, a project like Rabbit Snare Gorge? How does yeah. that come about? And then how does the, the initial conversation transition into, uh, into it happening? Yeah, you know, one of the things about architecture I find mm. is the way in which architects often like to portray the experience. Right. I've never really tried to push that. Like, it's not like the hand of the genius or anything like that. <laughs> it's like a lot of people trying to come up with something. And, and you know, in our studio, we try and hire the smartest people right. who are critical about everything, including my own work. So <laughs> at that time, it was brought to us by a group of recent grads out of New York. Really? They wow. were related in some way to the client who's from New Jersey. Right. Um, and so they were kind of scouring the internet to find someone local to work with um, and liked our project, The Moore Studio. Right, which is, yes. which is also absolutely <clears throat> unique and Thanks. beautiful, yeah. And so it was then about, you know, we were designing it on one property and then it kind of moved locations and it was Ooh. about kind of taking advantage of these crazy views and telling a story about the property. Um, right. The property was sold by a guy who had lived there you know, it was in his family for like 300 years or something. Wow. Um, and he explained that this was a place where as children, you would learn how to snare rabbits. It wasn't like suitable for farming or <laughs> anything like that because it's got valleys and a waterfall and a cliff. And it's like the most, yeah. you know, uh, fun place for a kid, but completely like useless for anything else. <laughs> yeah. um, and so we took that. That's where the name came from. But Amazing. it ended up becoming you know, a property where a variety of little projects ended up going. And, uh, you know, years down the road, when I taught at Yale, I brought my students um, from Connecticut up to Cape Breton and we toured. And basically the project was set on that property to do a, um, a summer camp for kids. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's just like a place where, you know, uh, again, it's where 
things come to life. Yeah. And so that name of that course was Where the Wild Things Are. Right. Um, but it, again, it's about these little creatures. So, you know, in terms of the process, again, it was really understanding where the building was going to go, but then really kind of drawing peculiar things like that hoop over the entry right, which to is tell just, a story. Yeah, which is the thing that just, one of the, one of the many things that stands out so much about that yeah. as I mean, not only just something that people wouldn't expect to see on Cape Breton Island, in Inverness, yeah. in that in that strange location, but also um, anywhere. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean that would be yeah. It's it would be unique wherever it was. And again, that was the product of collaboration. Right. You know, with these kids in New York, mm. and with Peter Braithwaite, who right. worked for me at the time. Yeah. Uh, and so we worked very closely on that together. Um, in our really young studio, so you know it. You know the best things come from people working together. Yeah. And of course, I mean, one of the things is you, that you came to the East to study, and then what was it that you think that kept you here? Because lots of people come here for many different reasons. Yeah. Uh, what was the thing that, uh, that really kept you here? And I know you are a, you're a global company, and I know you have offices in Ontario, but you yourself choose to be based here. Yeah. Um, what is it about this place? Well, uh, I did leave after school with right. my fiance at yeah. the time, and we lived in Toronto for three years, mm -hmm. and then uh, a job actually came up for her. Right. And so we were married then at that mm. point, and we basically came back here yeah. uh, because she was given a fantastic job. Mm. Um, and I went to work for the local firm right. um, and you know was there for about a year. So really, mm. it was a family decision to move back, but yeah. one that didn't take much to convince me. Yeah, yeah. And what, what you find is the... Uh, what are the benefits, and indeed, if there are any, uh, the things that are different about doing business in the Maritimes to doing them in Ontario or indeed uh, in the States or anywhere else? Well, the landscape, obviously, mm. but, you know, it is different. Mm. I can say now, after several years <laughs> of having our Toronto office, yeah. when people are building something over here, it's a really special time in their lives. Yeah. Um, and I'd say there's a lot more trust, and there, maybe there's even a belief in design. Well, yeah. You know, it's a very different experience. Um, it is, there's no other place I would have wanted mm. or could have built this practice. Right. Um, we, get, we get a lot of leeway here and a lot of, I think, people have belief in our work yeah. and the process. What are your favorite places to go and favorite things to do here in the Maritimes? I feel like I'm experiencing it more. I'm biking a lot now, so I'm, you know, kind of learning about places like that, but I'm kind of spoiled with our job, right? So yeah. I flew to St. John's, Newfoundland for like six hours to have three meetings. We're doing three houses there oh, wow. on like the most incredible, mind-blowing properties you can imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, I've spent a lot of time at Cap Palais this nice. year uh, in New Brunswick. Um, you know, I'd say that one thing that is tough is, you know, there's such a beautiful collection of old bars and restaurants. Mm. Um, Tom's Little Havana was my favorite. And, <laughs> and I feel like through school and, you know, that's been gone now for some years. So you sort of mourn the loss of <laughs> developers, you know, yeah. buying properties and, you know, getting rid of these things. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm just learning more and more about these places for right. sure. So your studio is down on the Halifax waterfront, which is obviously a beautiful spot, but yep. what is it about there that made that the natural space for your creative minds? 
I think like, you know, for, you know, the time, it was about finding a place where I felt like we could be messy. Right. You know, it was, right. it was affordable. Um, the peer area, the area that we're in, it's, you know, filled, it's been filled with artists for years. So Ooh. there's a lot of shops and, you know, banging and clanging and, <laughs> you know, like a lot of people making things. And yeah. so, uh, you know, it's in proximity to NASCAD. Um, there's yeah. also like such a rich history about the place. It's part of the Pier 21 right. complex. Mm -hmm. And so the building we're in, it's actually called the Immigration Annex, where oh, right. when people pass through, uh, they would have been processed through this building. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's, you know, such a significant history to it. But yeah. honestly, it's been amazing being in that area. Yeah. Uh, there's a real culture. It's sort of outside of the downtown core, has a bit of an industrial vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing spot. Sounds gorgeous. Should we, uh, should we check it out? Let's do it. Let's be go. Nice. This show is brought to you by the Halifax Partnership. Halifax is very much open for business and offers key advantages for business growth and success. Visit halifaxpartnership.com for further information on how you can improve your life and business by moving to Halifax, Nova Scotia. Wow, this is awesome. <laughs> you obviously have uh, you have this beautiful space in Halifax. You also obviously have an office in Toronto. Yep. What do you like about having uh, a presence in both cities? Well, I mean, I love you know being here. You know, mm. this is home for me now. But yeah. it's what's nice about being back there is that's you know where I'm from and my mm. family and you know a lot of my friends and yeah. it's just kind of the complete opposite. So mm. I would say it's sort of a complementary fit. Nice. Um, but this is home and this is where I'd say. You know, uh, you know, there's a real sort of generation of ideas, and it's a great place to think. Yeah. Um, I think also by being away every so often, because uh, I typically go back and forth every four or five days, although not during this time right <laughs> yeah. now. But um, you know, when I land, I am so excited to be home, even after just you know one week. So um, yeah. I'd say that it, it was like a perfect time to feel like a reinvigoration of love for this place. Beautiful. And, yeah. and it's one of those things, I mean, you get the best of both worlds. You obviously have lots of clients in both places and yeah. elsewhere. Um, I know one of the projects you're working on right now is with our mutual friend, Matty Matheson, yes. who is uh, always singing your praises. What's he <laughs> like to work with? And what can you tell us about the project? Well, I mean, as soon as the project started, they ended up, uh, him and his kind of group of partners ended up renting the spot right next to ours in the same building. <laughs> and so he's kind of in our office all the time, <laughs> like on our couch, lying down. Um, and he's one of the sweetest people I've ever met. So yeah. I would say that, you know, when he's performing or when he's you know out in front of people he's like ramped up to this level yeah. but he's a really kind of gentle uh guy mm -hmm. uh really sweet you know family man yeah um so i think uh, he appreciates that um you know our office is a place where he can just sort of have a nice conversation that's nice yeah, yeah. as you say he's an incredibly thoughtful man he um, is so with a project like that i mean his his you know his um his cooking style is very unique, yeah. and uh, and everything about that is unique. And everything about what you guys do is unique. Yeah. So how is that kind of how does that kind of fuse together? Well, he certainly is well versed in architecture and art. So you know he's a really smart guy. Um, he brings a lot of ideas to the table. He travels a lot, right. and so you know it certainly was about our vision. But at the same time, you know he really is. Um, I would say a pretty 
uh, involved client. Right. You know, yeah. he has some really special ideas um, nice. and sees it through. So, like, he's very rigorous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's been working. It's been several years now that we've been working uh -huh. uh, with him. So, hoping to open the restaurant soon. But yeah, it's it really. You know, he was involved right all the way through. Wow, can't yeah. wait. That is, yeah. that is, it's like my two favorite things combined. Exactly. An Gandhi project and a Matty Matheson I restaurant know. in one. That's the dream. <laughs> um, and what else are you working on right now? Well, we're working on projects all over the place. Yeah. So, you know, we have a, a cottage we're working on in the Okanagan. Oh, wow. Uh, we have three projects uh, just outside St. John's, Newfoundland. Nice. Uh, you know, a variety here in Nova Scotia. Nice. We have uh, a handful in cottage country in Ontario. Wow. One in Oakville, the restaurant. God, um, yes. We have a municipal building we're doing in Lunenburg right now. Um, we have uh, what else do we have? We have you know we're obviously uh, pretty deep in the competition for the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia yeah. right now. Uh, part of a huge collaboration on that. Yeah, which um, looks incredible, by the way. Oh, the thank you. It just yeah, looks... it was just it was an amazing experience, a no. huge thing to be a part of. But yeah. just you know, the people involved, our team was just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and then we also have some projects in the states. So, uh, in Michigan, we have a few projects that are hopefully starting construction soon. Um, one in the Catskills, upstate New York. So we're kind of all over the place, and kind of uh, I would say. Um, changing the kind of work that we do and yeah. focusing a lot more on public work. Interesting, because I mean, this is one of the things that I was thinking when you were, you were listing those was the yeah. incredible diversity of them, both yeah. geographically, but also in terms of you know what they are. Yep. And I know you kind of you you've, for many many years you've been at this stage where when clients come to you, essentially you're interviewing them. It's not the other way around. Like you're yeah. screening them. What are the things that you look for uh, in a client to make you decide we're going to go with them? Yeah, you know, it, and it's become a bit more like that, I would mm. say, right? Yeah. You know, it's oh. apparent whether or not it's a fit, you know, pretty soon. Yeah. Um, really, they have to be open to going on the journey, right. you know? Like, it's a, it's a ride for us, mm. and we don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> and so it's got to be someone who I think it's going to be a special thing for them, mm. and they want to join us for the ride, right. you know? And so yeah. I think that's it, and I don't think everyone is suited for that. Yeah. Um, it's got to be fun as well. Right, that's you know? the key. Like, if it's not fun for them, it's going to, you know, it won't be fun for us. Right. Yeah. Well, this looks fun. This yes. looks like the kind of fun. What, what can you tell me about this? Well, this is a cottage. It's called the Jib House. Wow. Uh, it's perched on a piece of land on the southwest corner of Chester Village oh. for an amazing client uh, who, you know, is a real supporter of the arts. Mm. Um, and it really has a 270-degree view of the ocean. So you're looking out at individual islands. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, do you want to go see it? I would love to go see Let's, it. We can go. Let's oh, my go. God, you're yeah. it. Let's do it. Let's go. Well, first of all, wow. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, how do you even begin a project like this? Honestly, uh, it takes an amazing client. Right. It takes an amazing client and a property like this, right? So, you know, sometimes when you draw your wildest sort of fantasies on paper like this, sometimes it ends up happening. And it really takes a client who's really interested in pushing the envelope, yeah. uh, telling a story, 
but also not afraid to do something a little bit different than what everyone else is doing. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is, the, this is the dream. So tell me about the inside. Well, you actually enter, obviously, on the other side, and the profile of the house, it actually feels very much like the buildings that are surrounding it. You know, it's very wide, but it's low, because you're almost entering at grade. You're actually entering on the top level. When you go inside, you then navigate a circular wood stair, very nautical, that takes you down into the living room, and you see two stories of glass looking out at this insane view. Um, I mean, and that is... As you say, so it's a world-class view, world-class property. I mean, I mean, what is the, how would you even describe the design inspiration behind something like this? You know, again, I think that it's really about, you know, abiding by certain traditional principles and pushing it as far as we could. So, you know, we have cedar shingles on the roof. We have cedar shingles on the wall. We have limestone on the wall. So it's a very mid-century palette. Um, that really becomes sort of gray-toned and very soft in hue over time. So on the one side, it's, you know, it's colossal, but each of the compartments of the house itself look out to different views so that depending on where you are, you're experiencing a different part of the landscape. Wow. So then there's the pool house at the end of the pool. <laughs> And the entire glass wall opens up so that it becomes almost an extension of the landscape. Around the back side, you actually have a red cedar uh, open slatted shower. So you walk inside and you get to the back and it's open to the air uh, where the shower is. I mean, there must be times with projects like this that you just think, I'm gonna keep this for myself. Well, there, I mean, there are no projects like this, right? I mean, it's, it's a thing all in its own. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I really think that with projects of this scale uh, or budget even, I think that, you know, typically it tends to veer towards a traditional aesthetic. Yeah. So this is really sort of taking a bit of both worlds. It's really modern. It's very clean, but it's also warm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really just takes a client who's really willing to kind of go down that road and really trust in us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and obviously, I mean, and then, so it becomes your, your, your client's, you know, oasis. Yeah. But it's always your baby. And I'm trying to fathom, like, how you've mentioned all these other projects you're working on and all of the things that you have, obviously, in your portfolio. Yeah. How is your brain divided up with all of these babies all going on at the same time? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, we have different project architects working on different ones. But at the end of the day, even when we, you know, hand the keys over and they move in, of course, we're friends with the clients. Yeah. But, you know, we get to keep that little model yeah. in the office. So that's... there's a little bit of it that we get to retain, <laughs> I think. But... That's the little baby part that you get to kind of own forever. Exactly. But, you know, periodically we'll get messages from our clients and say, you know, they had an experience or had people over and, you know, they're, you know, just as excited as when they moved in. Right. And, you know, I mean, it's a pretty amazing feeling. Yeah, must be. Yeah. I mean, what can, what can the rest of us learn from this kind of design aesthetic? And how can we kind of, you know, take what you do and this, this mindset and, and improve our own homes and lives? Yeah, I mean, I think that what this says is there's a kind of modern architecture yeah that relates to the work uh, and kind of environment that surrounds us. Something that, you know, is appropriate for the climate and uses local materials, but at the same time, it's pushing boundaries. Right. You know, it's really kind of telling a story um, that's cutting edge a little bit, I'd say. That's beautiful. What advice would you give to an aspiring architect in Atlantic Canada looking to 
further and grow and build their career in this region? Well, a few things, I think. One is it doesn't start with this, right? right? You know, I was doing decks and little renovations for, uh, you know, a draftsman for the first year or two uh, and little renovations inside. And then it escalated, of course. Uh, but I'd say, you know, be selective, you know, make every project your best project, do the best that you can with that, but also tell a story about this place. You know, it's an amazing place and people around the world, they want to learn more about it. So I'd say, you know, through the architecture, we tell stories, we tell a larger narrative through the materials and the forms and the people who live in there. Uh, I would say that connect it with, you know, the Atlantic provinces and kind of its deep history. That's, I think that's how you really kind of uh, make the work as accessible as possible to a wider audience. That is beautiful. And that could also apply to almost any creative course, medium. Yeah. That is amazing. I Absolutely. can't thank you enough for this amazing experience. Yeah, man. And, uh, I will see you back here in uh, a year for the, uh, the grand opening, opening party. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's live that dream. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to Mullinger Meets Canadians. If you like greatness, creativity, being inspired, laughing, or just love Canada as much as I do, then this is the podcast for you. So please do subscribe and review the show now. This show is brought to you by the Halifax Partnership. Halifax is very much open for business and offers key advantages for business growth and success. Visit halifaxpartnership.com for further information on how you can improve your life and business by moving to Halifax, Nova Scotia. To learn about Omar's incredible Art Gallery of Nova Scotia and Waterfront Arts District project, follow him on Twitter at Omar Gandhi and on Instagram at OG underscore architect. Further details can be found on the Edit website, maritimeedit.com, and I will see you next time. Podstarter. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.